Okay, so welcome to Office Hours. Um, as per usual, I am here to take any questions that you might have about the industry or about life in general, but let's let's try to keep it to the industry. Um, as I always say, every answer that I have for you comes from only my personal experiences and my personal opinions. So please take everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, if it resonates with you and it helps you, fantastic. If it doesn't, send that information on its way. So this week, I really wanted to, uh, I was talking to a couple people asking if they had any questions for me before I started this week. Um, and everybody is talking about showcase and because it is showcase season, showcase season is upon us, friends. Um, there have been a lot of questions about showcase from people who are having them now, people who did them last year, and people who still maybe have been in the industry for five, ten years, and uh, have questions about how that moment in time affected their life. Um, so I just wanted to first and foremost start this office hours by saying, um, Showcase is not, for 99.99% of people, showcase is not the defining moment of your life that you think it is. Um, it is an opportunity that one should be very prepared for and work really hard towards. But at the end of the day, uh, it is not going to be the grand thing that you think it is for most people. And uh, you're still going to have to work really, really, really hard to be successful. Um, so... I think actually that takes away some of the pressure of what it is and what the moment is. Um, and the first question that I wanted to start with, uh, again, if anyone has any questions about anything, it does not at all have to be about showcase, um, especially since I know a lot of people who watch this are not at that age. But I also do know that I work with a lot of college students who follow along with office hours um, and also a lot of teachers who work in this industry and who might have questions about showcase. So I did want to just kind of make that uh, a conversation that we're having today. But if you have any other questions, please, please, please feel free to put them in the comments below and I will of course get to them. I will be here for an hour. Um, I will hang out until seven and I am pretty good at filling time, but I always appreciate your questions. So the first question that I got today uh, was from someone that I, I love dearly who went to a school um, I'm just checking this. Yeah, right. Um, who went to a school that maybe uh, showcase, they have one, but it certainly is not like a must-see go-to for all of the agents and casting directors in New York. And um, they're a little frustrated, uh, and they're just wondering if I could talk a little bit about some other things people can do besides their showcase. Like, they did the thing, and they're in New York, and they're trying to figure out how to be seen and be noticed. Um, beyond that one 30-second moment of their life. Um, especially, he said, because he's working with um, some students who are showcasing this week, which, yeah, you're doing it, um, but wanting to talk to them about some things that uh, perhaps they can do as well as their showcase to be noticed. And I think, like, we always talk about um, how part of your job as an actor, of course, you know, the number one way to be noticed is to be auditioning for things. And we've talked a lot about how to do that and how to be better at that. And of course, just a reminder, I do have an audition workshop coming up on March 21st. So that's not this Tuesday, Blizzard Tuesday, but the next Tuesday. Um, I still have spots avail available for singers. And I um, will also 
have my free auditing as well for this class. So if you're interested in coming and not singing for me, but you want to come experience the workshop, maybe meet some new friends, meet some new people, and kind of engage with our community, you can come for free. We're going to be at Pearl. There's more information about that on my website, on, on my website and on my professional page here on Facebook. Um, but again, that's on March 21st, not this Tuesday, but the next one in New York City. We are having uh, an audition workshop, which should be great. Um, so, you know, going back to the question, of course, one way that you absolutely have to be uh, doing, you, what you have to be doing to, to get seen and noticed is, of course, auditioning. That is your first job. That is your number one job. And if you don't have an agent, um, you still need to be auditioning. Even if you're not getting appointments, you still need to be going and figuring out ways to do that. We also, of course, have talked a lot about how to make connections in this industry, how to uh, meet people, and the importance of that. Now, part of the question that, that my friend asked me um, is how for new people to the city, um, or even people who've been here for a while, what are these events, like what are networking events, how do you meet people, how do you go about it? Um, and I think that there are a lot of ways to do that kind of networking and meeting people. Because again, as you all know, I believe that this industry is so much about creating meaningful connections with people and learning how to take those connections and, um, and create mutually beneficial relationships with people, right? So I think first and foremost when it comes to that, it's figuring out um, how, you, how you best like to communicate with others, right? So it, are you someone who like loves to go to bars and loves to meet people in that way? Do you love to go to parties and you're the life of the party and you can meet everybody that way? Or are you a much you know, quieter, more intimate human who really loves like one-on-one -on -one time with people. Um, you know, I talk a lot about love languages and I think that kind of pertains to how you interact with others. Um, so I think the first step is, is doing some self-assessment um, and figuring out how you best like to interact with people and meet people. Um, and if that is, once you've done that assessment, there are lots of different ways to, to go about meeting people, right? So I think a lot of people in, in this city when it comes to trying to meet people who are maybe in their age group and create meaningful relationships with peers who will then be creating work with you and doing things with you, creating what I like to call your cohort, um, especially beyond uh, the people that you maybe went to college with, right, uh, is, is simply to like get out of your house, go to workshops, go to things like my audition workshop, go take classes, right? There's structure to that, especially if you're not someone who's the life of the party, if you're a much more intimate kind of uh, I need structure, I need one-on-one -on -one time. Going to a thing like a class um, where maybe there's some forced sharing that has to happen uh, is a really, really, really great way to meet people, be seen, meet other peers, meet you know industry leaders, definitely that kind of thing. Um, going to like open mic events and things like Broadway sessions is also a really great place to meet people and connect and network. Doing things like, I know this sounds silly, but one of the things, I've, I've actually talked to other people about this, people have varying opinions, but I think doing something like checking in on Facebook when you go to a Broadway show, for example, I do it all the time, and part of why I do it is to see if anyone else I know is there, um, because that just reinforces a connection with other people and oftentimes when I tag that I'm someplace uh, literally I, I went to see the view upstairs um, on Friday and I tagged that I was there and 
unbeknownst to me, one of my friends was working the show that night and wrote me and was like, I see you. And so I got to reconnect, right, with somebody that I know and somebody that I love. So even little things like that, using technology to your advantage is a really, 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 it sounds basic and kind of fundamental, but if you're not doing those things, you aren't using the free tools that have been given to you, um, which I, I think you should be doing. Um, also using, talking about those free tools, there are lots of groups um, and online courses. There are Instagram um, like hashtags that will help connect you with other people. There are awesome uh, free classes, cheap classes, um, interesting groups, things like Motivated Movers or um, like Combo and a Cocktail, where you can go and learn choreography, meet other you know like-minded individuals who are doing cool things, um, and then hang out with them and get a drink afterwards. There are all sorts of really awesome, passionate people who are uh, in this industry who are trying to create their own means of networking and their own means of um, creativity. So that's something. Um, I just want to check in because I'm streaming from my professional page today and not from my um, my personal page. And so I just want to make sure that this has um, shared to my personal wall to make sure that I'm getting people in here. Yeah, hi. No worries. Perfect. Um, so it looks like I don't have any other questions right now. So I'm just going to keep talking. But I really, really, really would love to... Um, to hear any of your thoughts this week. I am here for you always um, and want to answer any questions that you guys have. Uh, and I'm a free resource. So if there's anything I can do to be helpful to you, please just send them my way. Again, it does not have to be about showcase this week. Um, but since uh, I'm not getting any questions, I do want to talk a little bit about showcases because I have been working with um, several colleges on on their presentations that are happening in the next couple of weeks and then working with a lot of students um, and trying to you know, help them find material and a lot of the lessons that uh, you know I, I teach and work with students on are really things that go kind of across the board in terms of um, a life in the theater uh, you know showcase really is just kind of a, a a microscope lens on what life looks like for you know the rest of your your experience as a professional, um, and you know when you th when you kind of break that down and you think about what your life will look like uh, beyond showcase. So many of the things are similar, right? It's similar discussions that I have with lots of my clients, like what do I wear to auditions? What do I perform in auditions? How do I tailor the material that I'm singing? to showcase who I am as a human, which of course is what showcase should be, right? You as a human need to show exactly what you bring to the industry that other people don't. That should be the goal of showcase, which PS should also be the goal of auditions, right? For the future. So it's, it's finding, you know, I, I just did um, State of the Art Live last week, which is Matt Roden, um, if you don't know who Matt is, you should absolutely look him up. He's tremendous um, and an industry thought leader. He's he's great. And we were talking a lot about um, finding your core, and not by, I don't mean like engaging your muscles. I mean finding the core of who you are and being able to understand what it is that you like, what it is that um, your your worldview is, and how you can take that and use it as the lens with which you um, showcase your talents 
and, uh, and experience a life in the arts. And so I think when we're thinking specifically about showcase and what that is, which is an audition at the end of the day, um, just like any other audition, you just happen to be in front of a lot of people instead of one person. Oh, I just got a comment. Um, oh, great. It's a question. I'm going to finish this thought and then I'm going to get to your question, okay? Um, my thought about this is when you're picking material, or even if at this point you already have your material picked, which you definitely should if you're in a showcase, making sure that you are showing exactly uh, if you're in a room full of people who are wanting to get you a job or wanting to help you make money so they can make money, ensuring that you show exactly what you are and what you like and what you do and your aesthetic as an actor, what worlds you live in, right? Do you live in revivals or do you live in a contemporary space? Show us. Show us how you speak. Show us how you move through the space. Show us how you experience a life. Um, and that is, is how you're going to get the attention of people who are going to want to work with you in the future. And again, that definitely rings true for people who are coming to New York or L.A. to showcase right now, straight out of college. But that is also exactly what you should be doing in every audition. So beyond, you know, beyond the showcase, right, it's, it's taking that information that you know about yourself and that you've worked on about yourself and applying it to any material that you're given for the future. So I am going to answer this question. It says, as someone who's out of school and showcase, woohoo! Yes, girl, done. Um, I spent the years I've been out in any and every class I could get into. Film, TV, musical theater, casting director workshops. I'm not made of money. Girl, who is? Um, so what would be the next big step to making connections? Great question. First and foremost, I, I think that a lot of people get in their own heads about money. Now, again, you know, I don't work for free. I do a lot of free things to try to be helpful to the community, but I, I, I do like to get paid, um, and I think everybody likes to get paid. So, of course, when you're, you're working with someone who has acquired skills and knowledge and has, um, the, and, and has something that is worth uh, a, a financial payment moment, um, I think it's very important to pay them. However, when it comes to networking, there are lots of opportunities to do things for free, uh, to showcase your talents for free, and also to meet people for really cheap. Like I was saying before, there are a lot of people, specifically like young professional people in this city, especially in New York, who are putting together awesome things if you just keep your eyes open for them. People are teaching classes, especially like dance classes. People are getting together to read plays. People are getting together to like work on their music. Um, and you just have to be on the lookout for them or you have to create them yourself. I talk about this a lot, but like the resources are around and they are very, very inexpensive. Um, getting a group of your friends together and telling everybody that they need to invite someone that you don't know to read a new play costs nothing. The only thing it might cost is the download of like the PDF of the play or making copies of the play. Um, but everyone I know has an iPhone or a phone and they can read the play off of their phone, right? But what that does is it makes your circle of people a bigger circle of people without costing anything. Maybe you order a pizza, so maybe that's why it costs like $9.99 for a large. Um, but creating your own opportunities to network is also something that like people don't really take the time to think about, but you absolutely can do. Um, if you're wanting to meet 
casting directors and agents and that kind of stuff, it's going to be a little trickier to meet these people for free. Uh, and also you're going to have to do your research on who they actually are, right? So, so hi. Um, I'm getting lots of text love, so sorry about the dings. Um, you know, one thing that I find fascinating is this idea that um, people are so desperate to meet agents and, and casting directors, and then they have no idea that they're sitting next to them at the bar. And I'm not in any way encouraging people to talk, but if you happen to be at an opera, if you happen to, let's say, go to an opening night, you need to do your research before you go to these places on who you might be meeting and who might be in the room. And that's a big part of networking that people do not take, um, they shouldn't take for granted, but they do. And that is that you have to do your own homework. Because a lot of the times you're, you know, you're at Ripley, you're at Pearl, you know, there are only so many places in this city that people are doing their work. Um, you know, you're, you get a ticket to an opening night or you happen to just be at the theater. The other thing that I, I need people to, to think about when it comes to networking and how it doesn't have to be scary is you just have to talk to people. Most people, there, there are a couple things in this life that I know for sure. Most people find it difficult to take a compliment, but love to hear something nice about themselves. This is just kind of true. And so, you know, finding opportunities, if you're sitting at the theater and you're sitting next to someone and you can see that they're alone and they're reading their playbill, engage with that person. You never know who that person is or what opportunities might come from engagement with them. Um, if you're in the theater district and you're sitting next to someone on the subway and they look nice, talk to them. Again, I'm not telling you to not be safe. I'm not telling you to, you know, put yourself in harm's way. But people don't communicate with each other anymore. And people think of networking as this like high profile experience where you have to pay $100 to meet someone and, and you have to get into these special parties. And those things are always very, very, very helpful, truly, absolutely. But there is a world where you also just have to open your mind and open your mouth and talk to other people. Um, and you need to know your own process, right? So uh, if you're not someone who likes to talk to people at auditions in the holding room, I get it. Don't do it. Put your headphones on. You do you, honey. But, um, you know, talk to your waiters. Uh, we know this to be true, right? All actors in the city, most of them, have other jobs. A lot of them work in service. The number of people that I have met just by communicating with my waiter and taking the time to say, hey, I hope you're having a great day and engaging with someone. I've made connections that literally have helped further my career with what I'm doing based on taking the time to talk to somebody. So I think a couple things in terms of not having money, just to kind of wrap up this question, is you have to change your perspective of what networking is first and foremost. Not every networking moment is going to come from a pay-for-play class, which I do think you need to be doing, whether you like the idea of that or not, that's kind of the current reality of our industry. Um, but there are other opportunities, including using social media wisely, trying to find groups of people, looking for cheap activities and cheap classes that people are creating themselves. Um, like I mentioned before, there's Combo and a Cocktail, which um, Joey Dipple put together, which is a great thing. Um, there are classes, like if you are not going to go to BDC and you are like, whoa, that's terrifying, um, going to something like Motivated Movers and making connections there with other people, um, putting together your own work, but encouraging people to bring someone you don't know to like round out uh, the idea of who your connections are, 
um, is always just is a great, great, great idea and costs no money. Um, and then also just engaging with the community around you. If you're an equity member, uh, there are lots of um, like town hall meetings, places to go where you can connect with people who are also passionate about the things you're passionate about. I would also really encourage everyone in terms of networking to do something that has nothing to do with theater, i.e. taking a class on something else, because the other truth is you never know who you're going to meet and those who could help you in some way as well. A lot of the people that I've met who have helped me in my, um, in my career, in my life with, with other things, I literally met doing something that had absolutely nothing to do with theater, but they just happened to be there and I happened to engage with them, which was fantastic. Um, so... That, I think, should answer that question. Um, if, if it didn't answer your question, if you have other ideas or other thoughts based on that, just let me know. Uh, put it in the comments below. I, it's over here for me. Um, and I'd love to answer that. So just let me know if, if you have, oh, if you have any follow-up to that. Um, does anyone else have any questions for me? It is very interesting to be doing this from my professional page, again, and not my personal page, because I, I'm having less engagement than I usually do, but you have to start doing these things, right? This is, let this be a lesson to anyone out there who is, uh, who is a professional in this industry, that you need to start building, if you want to have separation from your personal experience, and you want to start having a professional experience, uh, you need to start doing that now, because if you want any sort of separation, you just have to take the highs with the lows and you have to, you have to do the work. Um, so if anyone has any more questions for me, I would be really grateful um, and I'd love to answer them for you. We have plenty of time to answer them. Um, if not, I just am going to keep talking about some other, uh, some other things that I have experienced this week with um, clients that I've been working with one-on-one -on -one, and uh, I'll keep keep looking out for your questions. So um, one of the, the clients that I worked with this week reminded me of something that I, I definitely do want to talk to you guys about, and that is taking the um, skills and the followings and the relationships that you already have in this industry or in other industries and being sure that you can apply them to uh, to the work that you're doing in this industry. Now that goes for anyone, right? So I often find that the people, you know, I joke a lot on this show and uh, a lot with my clients that most of what I do is sit and listen to someone tell me exactly what it is that they want and then uh, try to, um, uh, I'm sorry, I just got lots of questions so now my brain is completely <laughs> unfocused, but applying uh, another life's passion to the work that you're doing in the industry, right? And so one of the things that I think uh, people tend to forget is that the thing that makes your art interesting is the passion that you have for it and for the things that influence it. So, you know, I was working with a client this week who happens to be a fashion blogger, and uh, there was no connection between the two, which I think is really interesting. And I encouraged her to find a way to, to merge the two worlds, one where she already has a pretty amazing following, and the other where she wanted to get more of one. And so I encourage you, before I answer these great questions which I just received, to take some time to think about the things in your life that you are passionate about. I also asked another client this week, like, what do you like? And she was like, oh, that's a big question. I was like, yes, but that's the job. 
You have to know what you like because those are the things that influence the way you create your art. And so if you have something that you're super passionate about and you're applying it to, um, to the work that you're doing both as a human and as you know your art, I just think that that is just so wildly important. And you forget that if you've worked hard at something else that you're passionate about, you have a lot of people and a lot of connections in that area who might then who either might benefit from some of the art you're creating or can help you with it. So that was my thought for that. I'm going to answer these questions. Carl just asked, "What are your favorite songs to hear in the audition room?" Well, I mean, that is a personal question, and I will say um, the songs that I love in the audition room are not the songs that other people love in the audition room, and vice versa. Every room, of course, is going to have their own preferences. Um, I will say I am hearing this year a lot of the songs safer from first date. I hear that all the time. I also hear that all the time when I specifically ask for pop rock which I find very interesting because it is not a pop rock song. Um, but I am hearing a lot of the song Safer, so if that's something that's in your rep book, I, it's one of those things where I say, like, either you better sing the shit out of it better than anybody else, or maybe you sing something different. Um, I, I, this is so funny. People who work with me know that I have um, syndromes for everything. I call it the Krista Rodriguez syndrome. Anything that she sings, everybody is singing it the next you know, the next audition cycle. So like it was pulled two years ago. Now it's safer. Um, so God only knows what it's going to be next year. Something. Yeah. Um, so I am hearing a lot of that. One of the things for me and people who know me know that I am such a sucker for Footloose. I don't know what it is y'all, but let's hear it for the boy. I could hear it from a tone deaf, you know, actual dog humming that song and I would still love it. Um, it doesn't mean you're going to get the job, but I do love hearing that song all the time for, for ladies. Um, I'm one of those people who I just like to see people singing something that they love and that they slay. I, I really like all kinds of music. Um, you know, I, I love love, love my job because I spend most of my time listening to original cast recordings uh, of anything and everything because I'm a big old theater nerd. So my job is the greatest. I get to listen to a lot of people sing a lot of different songs. Um, but if you are the kind of person who needs specifics about songs we're hearing a lot of in the room, I do keep a very, very extensive list of the songs that I'm hearing. And if you come to something like my audition workshop, which again, my next one is on March 21st, that's next Tuesday, not this upcoming one, but the one after it. Uh, we do talk a lot about that, and I um, also provide a list of songs that I'm hearing a lot and songs that I think don't really work in the audition room. Uh, so that's something to look forward to at my audition workshop. Um, I hope that answered your question. If you want more, please feel free to tell me that uh, you want more information from me. Um, Christopher, hi, Christopher. You're such a gem. Um, I'm so glad that you're watching. Asked a question, what has been the most successful showcase you've seen, and what are the reasons why? Ooh, Christopher. Mm. Sorry, Diet Coke break. That's a really great question. Um, I'm not going to mention any school's names as to what the most successful showcase I've seen is, because I just don't need to do that. However, some of the things I think that make a showcase successful in my brain is here there are a couple things I think schools that appreciate what makes students individual personalities important and um, how they allow their students to show that 
those are the most successful showcases to me. I There's nothing I dislike more than watching a showcase where uh, everyone is wearing the same outfit, everyone is wearing the same kind of jewel tone experience, and people aren't showing their own individuality. Um, it's really, 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 the most successful showcases to me are the ones where I leave and everyone has showed me something very, very um, personal and individual about who they are, right? Because showcase isn't about, in my opinion, showcase isn't about selling, I can play this character. It's about this is who I am. This is uh, what I see the world as, and this is how the song or the scene that I'm doing relates to that experience, right? Because what you're doing is you're setting up uh, your future by the material that you pick and the way you choose to perform it. So I think everything, for me, what makes a, a showcase or an individual's performance specifically in a showcase work really well is when the clothes that they're wearing feel really authentic to who that person is, right? I mean... With me, for example, you know I'm going to be wearing pearls and it's going to be a, a boat neck collar experience. That is exactly who I am, right? So if I were trying to do anything else, it just wouldn't feel uh, truthful or comfortable for me. And I can see that. In fact, that's our job, right? Especially people who, who work on in this side of the industry, casting directors, agents, managers, their job, anyone at this side, is to be able to read people and understand or hopefully understand what it is that they do um, and how they, they do that. So I, I struggle sometimes at showcase when I see people putting on this like very veneered experience um, where they're trying, especially they do the, the musical theater voice, uh, during their introduction, right? Because inevitably there's always the line where people stand and say like, hi, I'm Kate Lumpkin, um, just as like a reminder to the audience at the end of their showcase. Um, and I struggle when people do the like, hi, I'm Kate Lumpkin, right? That to me is not successful. I, I, I really struggle when that um, there's a level of, of fake present. Um, when, when the like fake sense of community is highlighted as well. Not to say there isn't a sense of community. And I've seen very successful showcases where when people are standing and singing together, they are genuinely enjoying their time together and it looks and feels very real. Um, but there are also moments where it just feels like very forced. Um, so for me, the most successful showcases are when I leave that space thinking, God, I want to work with all of those people because they showed me who they really are. They sang material that was very appropriate to where they are right now in the world. Um, or, yes, to where they are right now in the world. People who sing material that is like 40 years too old for them or uh, material that feels like that person has no capability of relation to that text or that song. Uh, I struggle with that a lot. Um, and again, all of this information can, can kind of go towards any kind of showcase or any kind of audition, um, since showcase really is just one big audition uh, for a lot of people instead of just an individual experience. But uh, those are the kind of things that I find make a successful showcase or a successful person within a showcase. Because, you know, showcase is a mixed bag. You have all sorts of levels of talent, all sorts of different types of people. Um, but I think, you know, there has been this kind of idea of what a showcase is supposed to be for a long time. 
and something that I personally would love to see in the future and something that I like to think that I, I work with the students that I work with um, on showcases is how do we strip away some of the um, formula that has been put into place uh, as to what a showcase should be and how they should be organized and make it a much more interesting and thoughtful and uh, organic experience. Does that make sense? Um, right now everything feels very formulaic and that to me makes actors feel very formulaic. It doesn't really give a whole lot of opportunity for everyone to do their best work and to shine. Um, so the most successful ones that I've seen are people who pick really uh, really appropriate material for who they are, how they see the world. People who pick outfits that don't all match, that enable each actor to be who they are. Um, you know, I'm just, for me personally, I'm so sick of seeing people match. I don't get it. I don't understand why that, that is important. Um, you know, it's one thing to create an aesthetic and to create a, a, a picture on stage. I do value that. But that's not the way the world looks, and that's certainly not the way a class of actors looks. So I, I don't understand the need for that personally. Um, and I, I really do think that uh, the most successful things for me are showcases that break that formula a little bit and allow their actors to really just be as grounded and uh, as close to the themselves as possible. Um, I also just really loathe that musical theater voice of the like, hello! We are, you know, so-and-so class of 2017, and I'm Kate Lumpkin. I, that, to me, doesn't show me who you are as a human and as an actor. It doesn't help me know who I'm going to hire, and it certainly doesn't help me know what you're going to be like in an audition room, in a rehearsal room, on stage, in an, uh, in an interview. So that's, that's my opinion. Um, you know, and there are some people out there who might completely and s entirely disagree with me that they love the formulaic aspect of it, they know what they're going to see, they um, like that, and that is totally a valid opinion as well. But for me, the people that I like to hire and the things that feel successful are uh, the moments where people just get to genuinely be themselves, wear what they want to wear, um, as long as it's appropriate, and sing material that makes sense for what they do. Um, and not necessarily what a school or what they perceive the industry thinks they should do. Because oftentimes that just doesn't match up, or you don't live up to that thing. Um, and that, that sucks. That really sucks. Um, does that make sense, Christopher? Is that helpful? Yay! Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that that was helpful for you. Um, I can't wait to see Shenandoah Showcase. Uh, I, I can't wait. Um, so let me see. I think it looks like I have another question on a different, <laughs> different part of this Facebook experience. Let's see. No, I've lied. Great. Um, well, it is 6.40 and I'm here. I, if anyone has any additional questions, anyone talking about showcases, about life after showcase, about your life right now, I'm here and willing to talk about anything. Um, following up on that question that Chris just asked about uh, things that make showcases successful, I will say in terms of uh, life, oh, oh, well, Molly has just asked me, totally unrelated, what is my favorite musical on Broadway right now? Well, that is a uh, tricky, tricky, tricky question. There are a couple shows right now that I'm, I really like. There's a lot of great stuff that's opening this season. This season is going to be 
such a great season. I'm so thrilled by it. Um, I just recently saw Come From Away, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. The things that I love about theater are um, storytelling, really interesting uh, storytelling from all sorts of perspectives and all sorts of bodies and all sorts of voices. And uh, I think we've come to a place in our industry where everything is really clean and, uh, and uh, what I loved about Come From Away is that I was seeing a story that was told in a really beautiful and interesting way. It was small and yet grand. The music was interesting and yet the show wasn't just about the music. And we saw performances from people and from different types of people that we don't usually see on Broadway, which I really, really, really appreciated. I also am in love with Dear Evan Hansen. I think that show is fantastic. Um, and I think Ben Platt is giving one of those performances that you wait a long time to see. And I just think he is so special. And the fact that he's doing that show eight shows a week blows my mind. That is the kind of performance that um, I love to watch. But a lot of the stuff that I've seen recently that I find super interesting has not been on Broadway. Um, and so, oh, got to go to work. Have fun. I, can, I hope you do come on at my class. I, I hope you have fun at work. Um, yeah, Dear Evan Hansen is just so special. And I think it's one of those shows that uh, re is really talking about stuff that is important right now. Things like connection and community, feeling lost, um, loneliness, and the impacts that loneliness has on on human life, um, I rarely cry like that at the theater, and I'm a crier, but I, I mean, I was a mess. Uh, Rachel Bay Jones is also doing some really stellar work in that show. So those are my favorite shows right now. Those are the ones that I would really recommend, but there's a lot of stuff coming that I absolutely cannot wait to see. The, the fangirl inside of me is like, ready for Anastasia, honey. I am ready for that journey to the past moment. I can't wait for my Dimitri experience. Um, I also can't wait for Charlie, uh, the Willy Wonka Charlie and Chocolate Factory Chocolate Factory experience um, and Hello Dolly is coming Hello Dolly is coming and I can't wait she's coming to town ladies um, so those are my favorite things um, I do want to go back I hope that was good advice Molly but it's just my opinion um, I do want to go back and talk one more little second about something that I mentioned when I was talking about showcases and that's about picking material that is appropriate for you uh, and that um, sells exactly what it is that you want to be selling. Um, I often find, and it's not just a showcase, but it's also when people come in to audition or when people come in to do a workshop, the material, I also work privately, I just dropped all of my rings on the floor. Um, I work with clients privately who also I like go through their book and see what's in their book. And aside from music that shouldn't be performed necessarily because uh, it's just, overdone in some cases. Oh, great, Sherry, hit me with your showcase question. I'm going to finish this and then I'll answer that. Um, one thing I will say about material is pretty much anything can be done. You just have to do something special with it. Um, however, the caveat for that is if something – how do I say this? Um, Picking material that makes sense for who you are in that moment is so wildly important. And I think a lot of people um, pick stuff that they think like, oh, I'm right for that show, or uh, I, I should have that in my book because that's something that I would get cast in. And, and I do think it's important to have that stuff in your book. However, 
I wouldn't lead with it. Like every single man that I coach that's between the ages of like 19 and 25 has I'm Alive from Next to Normal in their book. And a lot of people sing it really, really, really well. And it's a good song. And everyone that I talk to who has that in their book says, well, that's because that's a great part for me. That's a fantastic part for me. I'm really good at it. And I, I agree nine, nine out of ten times that's, that's the song that maybe should be in your book because it's something that you could do. However, a lot of people sing that song. And I think that there are ways to look for music that um, has a similar feel or an interesting vibe like that that isn't that song. And you guys know what these songs are. If a show has been a hit on Broadway in the last like eight years, people are singing that material. And I'm not telling you to find super obscure stuff. People like to hear things that they know as well. But I, I would encourage people to challenge themselves to find things that really, really, really personally resonate with them. And if someone asks you, why is this in your book? Why are you singing the song? I want the answer to be more than because I could play this part. That for me is the essential of when you're picking a song to put in your book or picking a song to do at showcase. It has to be more than I could play this part. I need to know what about this song resonates with you as a human. That's just something I wanted to say about that. So I just got a question from Sherry, Sherry Sanders, the Sherry Sanders. It says, um, I may have missed this, but a lot of the time teachers pick songs for the students for a showcase and don't feel the courage to find their own music and address their teachers with their ideas. What do you think is a good way for a young person to address a teacher? Sherry, that is a fantastic question and something that I work with with a lot of my students who um, I'm helping with their showcases. Um, first and foremost, I think it's really important. You know, I am not a professor at a school. I do not have those relationships with students in that way. Um, and so I, I, I can't speak from that perspective. However, I would imagine that it is important for students to feel empowered to have a conversation with the people who are directing their showcase, with the professors who are working with them on, on this experience, to feel empowered to say, like, that song doesn't resonate with me, um, or I don't feel like this song is vocally what I'm trying to, to be. And so I know that is a difficult thing, as, as you know, professors are people who are in a position of power and a position of uh, more knowledge, perhaps. Um, but but nobody on this planet knows you better than you, right? And knows what it is that you, how you see the world, how you experience the world. So I do believe every student has the right and should um, be able to discuss with their professors from a place of like love and concerned and also like, this is your moment, right? This is your moment to show a ton of people what it is that you are, um, what you're made of, what you want to be doing, what you bring to music and to our industry. And hopefully everybody sitting in that room wants to find someone who's bringing something unique and different to the space. That is always the goal. It's the same with any audition for people who aren't showcasing. We want everyone who walks through the door to show us something that we haven't seen before. That's, that's the most thrilling moment of my day, right? And so in showcase, we have the opportunity to see 20 people and hope that that's happening in, in one moment. Um, but I think that the one thing that I really will say is I have never met a professor who didn't want their students to succeed, who didn't take the time to really try to be helpful with the best knowledge that they have of music, of um, you know, their educational background, their knowledge of the industry. 
every professor that I've ever worked with, either as a student or as, as a coach coming in or as a showcase doctor helping, um, wants the best for their kids. Why wouldn't they? They want their students to be successful for lots of reasons, but also because when a student is successful, the school is successful, the professor is successful. So understanding that when you're communicating with someone who's trying to give you material or help you, um, taking the time to be understanding. There's no need to attack. There's no need to make someone feel less than or stupid for not knowing something. I mean, I feel like that goes both ways, right? Like that should also be how a professor hopefully talks to a student. Um, but taking the time to say, hey, I absolutely, you know, first and foremost, if someone gives you material, you have to learn it. You have to try it. Because A, you might not think it's right for you, um, but you might learn something from it. So to just take something and say, no, I don't buy that. You have to do the work. Because lots of times other people see in you something you don't, and you might try that material and it still feel not right to you, but you will have learned something from the experience. So first and foremost, don't just immediately say no. Do the work, right? Then I think there is a world, Sherry, forgive me, you just wrote, can I share with you what I feel makes me marketable? Yeah. Then I think there is a world, absolutely, once you've done the work, tried to nail the material, tried to figure out what it is, if it's still not working with you, resonating with you, resonating with how you like to tell a story, or what story you want to tell, or what your vocal type you really feel is, or a skill in your voice that you really want to show. If you're a riffer and you feel like it's very important that you show that, but the material they've given you is not highlighting that piece of your voice, I think there's definitely a world where you can sit down, because I know you're having meetings with your professors, I know that's part of your showcase experience, to say, hey, I worked with that material you gave me, I really appreciate that you gave it to me, and there's a lot of stuff I learned from it. However, these are the things that I'd really like to showcase, that I think are very important for the industry to know about me. Um, for example, I, you know, vocally I'd like to show this thing, or I'd like to tell a story that highlights this piece of my skill set. Um, and have that conversation. Now, every professor has the right to look at you and say, I think that's probably not a smart thing to showcase. Um, because every, you know, these professors have been working with you for four years. They've seen the kind of work that you do. Um, and they've you know, hopefully learned a little bit about what you do and, and what might best help you further in your career beyond showcase. However, you have the right to do the work and present options, present things. You don't have the right to look at your professor or somebody else that you're working with and say, I don't like this and I have no ideas. No. This kind of process moves too quickly. There are too many moving pieces. Um, there are you know, people coming from the outside to help. There are guests coming in to work with you. Things move so fast. You already don't have a lot of time when you're putting these things together. So the one thing that I just don't think any student has the right to do is say, I don't like what you gave me, but I don't have a clue what I am or what I need to do. That's just not helpful to anyone. And people have already been doing a lot of work to try to help you select what it is that you think you are, help you craft what it is that, that you're doing. Um, so a huge part of what I think your job is, if you're going to, you know, get some courage and have a conversation about what it is that you share, what your gifts are, and, and what you want to present, is to really do the work. Now, I talk about this a lot, and this goes for every performer, not just people in showcases, but when it comes to picking material and showing the industry who you are, you have to be doing the work. If there's stuff in your book, I say, for any, for any of my showcase students that I've worked with, you know I say, if there's anything in your book that you auditioned for college with, 
you're wrong. Get it out of there. Unless it is something that is so incredibly special and you do something that no one has ever heard, um, it needs to be gone. And for anyone who's in New York who has showcased in the past, if there's anything in your book that you auditioned for college with or you sang at showcase, it needs to go. Get that out of your book. Do the work. Part of your work is learning about new things, is reading plays, is looking at scripts for pilots, is looking at television scripts and finding, you know, learning how to, how to do those scenes. It's looking at music from musicals you've never heard of and, and savoring those scores and learning everything about them. If you're just singing the same old shit that you've been doing for the last five years, you're not actually doing your job. Didn't you sign up to like be a creative being who's constantly learning and sharing your art? If you're still singing the same 32 bar cut from seven years ago, get it together. Do the work because that is what you signed up for. And I talk to so many people who claim that they are sad, that they can't be creative, that no one's giving them an opportunity to sing, that no one's doing all these things. And I say, I hear you, but they are, right? Like a casting director and a, and a creative team, they pay an accompanist. At some point, an audition is an opportunity to sing. And if you're singing the same old shit, you're right. You haven't had an opportunity to create or do something different or, or show anything special. Um, and a lot of the times the people on the other side of the table have heard it before, heard you do it before, right? So that is one thing that I, I, I definitely think in terms of communication, you know, back, going back to showcase specifically, if, if someone gives you material you don't like, you have every right to learn it and not like it. But you have to do the work to figure out what another option is because they've done their job at that point. And you have every right to say, I need to do something else. But like, what else do you want to do? What else do you want to do? The most successful people in showcase are the people who know where they are right now, how to um, showcase the package that they are a part of right now, sing material that is appropriate for the body and the face and the hair and the worldview that you are right now, and show us how to use you, how to best support you as an industry. Show us how not to forget you, right? Like the people who are the most memorable don't necessarily sing the weirdest song or have, when I say do the work, it's not like they've dug into the YouTube depths and found things we've never heard of. However, um, they are doing the work in that they know who they are and they know what they're trying to, to sell it and the the material that they're using is doing that. Um, so I, I think that is that is the way to communicate that. Um, I also always firmly believe that uh, you need to use the people around you as well. Part of doing the work is talking to other people. You can't, no man is an island. That is really the truth. Um, so you are currently, if you're in college, I'm back. Am I back? Yes. Great. Thank goodness. Okay. Um, what I was saying was you are surrounded by people who um, are also theater nerds like you and TV nerds and uh, all of that is so useful. So like talk to the people that you surround yourself with, right? Talk to the people who, um, who if you're lost and you're like, oh God, what material should I do? I don't like what was given to me. 
sit down and talk to your friends about what they're listening to. Share Spotify playlists. Talk to them about, you know, what YouTube hole they fell down and what you should be listening to. Like, this is your job. When I say do the work, I mean it. The people who are successful in this industry are the ones who continue to light the fire because the fire under your ass will burn out. It is your responsibility to find another box of matches, honey. That is your job. And if you're not willing to light that fire for this piece of it, then you need to find the thing that makes you constantly want to do it. Because the truth is, you know, it's a lot of work. So using the resources around you, having these conversations, digging deep, taking the time to talk to your professors. For the rest of your life, you'll be working with people who give you material. You know, you won't be so lucky. I work with a lot of people. I coach a lot of auditions. And one thing that I say a lot is you can't think you're better than the material because the material is smarter than you think it is. The material knows something that you don't if you think you're better than it. So then you need to do the work and figure it out. So, you know, people will be giving you material for a long time. Part of what you're going to have to learn is how to navigate those discussions with people when they're giving you something that either you don't understand or it doesn't resonate with you. In showcase, you do have the opportunity to stand up for yourself and say, I think I need to do something else. But at some point in your life, that conversation will not look like that. You have to do the work that is given to you. Your job as an actor is to take somebody else's text and do it. That is your job. You're not really in a position of power. You are a vessel for someone else's text. That's, that's the gag, right? That's the gig. That's the whole thing. So learning how to navigate those conversations early on is great, um, and I really do think people need to have them. So it's about 6.55. I've been on for about an hour. Um, if anyone has any final thoughts or questions for me, I would love to take them. Otherwise, I think I am going to sign off. Um, I really, really, really appreciate everybody's questions this week, um, and I look forward to talking to you again next Sunday at 6 o'clock. I'm always here. If you need anything, if you need a coaching with me, I do everything via Skype and FaceTime, um, and I also can, of course, meet in real life if you're in New York. Feel free to send me an email at katelumpkincasting at gmail.com to set up any of those kind of things. And again, I am having an audition workshop on March 21st. That's 3-21, so not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. I have some spots available for singers, but also if you are not in the mood to sing and you just want to come be a part of my community and, and the community that we're creating, you can audit my class for free. It's from 7 to 10. We'll be at Pearl. For more information on that, feel free to visit my website, kate-lumpkin.com, or find me on Facebook at my professional page, which of course is right here. You're watching this video on it. Um, feel free to like that for much more information and for all of my office hours and for any of my blog posts, which you can find at kate-lumpkin.com slash no marking. Um, this is just, you guys are incredible. I'm so grateful for all of your gifts. I'm so grateful for your time and your energy. The work that you do is a gift. We live in a time where art is so important. So I encourage you to share your gift, but do it meaningfully. Don't just do it because you can. Do it because you have a story to tell and a reason to tell it. And that is my challenge for you this week. Be more than you are. Make your art richer than you think it is. Hope you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next Sunday.